Welcome to the Message Podcast from Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to subscribe for updates and new episodes. You can find us on most major podcast outlets. Visit cotnaz.org for more info. Our worship services stream weekly on Sundays at 9 a.m. on YouTube. You can also find our live stream at cotnaz.org. Our in-person service times are 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have a campus near Harrisonburg at 1871 Boyers Road. We also have a campus in East Rockingham at 414 Southeast Side Highway in Elkton. In addition, our Spanish-speaking campus meets on Sundays at 11.45 a.m. at that same 1871 Boyers Road location. Check out our website, cotnas.org, for more info. Uh, As we dive into God's Word this morning, uh, we're going to get to Philippians, uh, but I want to go by way of Matthew chapter 6 this morning. So if you have your copy of Scripture, I invite you to turn to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to begin in verse 25, uh, but Matthew 6 is kind of right in the middle of what's known as Jesus' teaching, uh, the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, And really, uh, it's Jesus teaching his disciples about living the Jesus life. Uh, He's unpacking what God's kingdom looks like, how uh, his followers will live, and how that grace and mercy will manifest itself through their lives. And in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Jesus has kind of covered some heavy topics, if you will, some big ticket items. He's unpacking things like uh, uh, God's kingdom and, and what it looks like in our lives, and he talks about hard things too. Talks about adultery, divorce, telling lies, loving your enemies, how to manage our money. Talks about how we pray. And right in the middle of that teaching, uh, he, he addresses a topic that I dare say many of us in the room wrestle with frequently. He talks about worry. Now, doesn't that seem just the teensy bit odd? I mean, think about it. Divorce, adultery, the magnitude of what it means to love your enemies. And then he says, don't worry. Don't worry. Like, what's the big deal with worry, right? Let's look at verse 25 and what Jesus says. He says, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink about your body, what you will wear, is life not more than food and the body more than clothes. Let's continue there in verse 28. Jesus says, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They neither uh, labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even in Solomon all his splendor was dressed like one of these. Don't worry, Jesus isn't done yet. Skip down to verse 31. He says, so do not worry saying what shall we eat and what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. If you were to just zoom out a little bit and look at how much type space is given to worry, it's more than adultery and murder. Jesus has gone to great detail to explain to his followers that if you really want to live the Jesus life, if you want to experience its fullness, don't worry. Don't worry. As we continue in our teaching series today, the Apostle Paul is going to join Jesus in this bold and assertive declaration, do not be anxious. And I can almost imagine that some of your questions might be a little bit like mine. 
You start to worry about your worrying, right? You might say something like, well, this is all well and good, Jesus and Paul, but how on earth do I live a life free of worry? Because it seems so normal a part of everyday life. How do you do it? That's the question we're going to seek to answer as we dive into God's Word today in part 8 of our teaching series, Living the Jesus Life. Throughout this series and this summer, uh, we've been studying closely the Apostle Paul's words, uh, his words of care, his words of instruction and exhortation to his friends in Philippi. Uh, They're facing numerous difficulties, numerous challenges there in the church, and Paul is so lovingly encouraging them on in the faith, encouraging them to zero in, to focus in on Jesus, to stand firm in the faith amidst the trials of life. Last week we were in chapter 3 in verses 12 through 21, and he's reminding his friends once again that they need to stand firm, hold tight in the Lord, to strive together for the prize of Jesus Christ, both in the now and to keep an eye focused on the not yet of eternity to be realized in Christ. And this is no easy task because life's hard. Challenges come. But he says this, this focus, this life requires a forgetting of the past and a relentless focus on the future that is ahead in Christ Jesus. That upward call. And we see that living the Jesus life is not done looking back. It's not done looking back. Rather, it is a life lived intentionally and earnestly looking forward to Christ Jesus and eternity with him. As we enter chapter 4 today... Uh, we're going to find Paul, uh, he's bringing his teaching, uh, everything he's been talking about, a bit striving together and focusing on Jesus, he's going to apply that in a very personal way. Uh, he, he's going to apply that to two women uh, believed to be leaders there in the church in Philippi, Eudia uh, and Syntyche. And as much as we would love to know, like what you have to do to be called out by the Apostle Paul in a letter, like think about that. From hundreds of miles away, these ladies are getting called out. Uh, and, and focused on specifically. Uh, as much as we would like to know, our thirst for juicy details is going to have to wait because we don't know. We don't know what conflict was going on, but what we see Paul, uh, he gracefully urges both of these ladies to stand firm. There's that same message again. He urges them to stand firm and to be of the same mind together in Christ. And, and so Paul, he, he's not taking any side except the side of Jesus in calling these two ladies together. Uh, And we're going to begin today in verse 4 of chapter 4. And you might think of this, Paul's kind of coming around out of the last turn uh, in the race. He's on the home stretch and leaving last little bits uh, that his followers need to remember. Kind of like as your uh, loved ones are going out the door, don't forget the milk at the store, like that kind of don't forget is where Paul is heading. And we're going to dive in those exhortations here today. So verse 4 of chapter 4, Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. If you've been following along in our study and through the letter to the church in Philippi, you know that Paul talks about joy and rejoicing a lot. Sixteen times, as a matter of fact, he makes reference and points to this idea of rejoicing In the Lord, and as he approaches the finish line, uh, he takes one more chance to encourage them on in their rejoicing in the Lord. Rejoice! I say it again, rejoice! 
in the midst of the difficulties, in the midst of the challenges and the, the hard things that are happening, choose joy. Choose joy. You see, to choose joy, to rejoice in the Lord is a lifestyle. It's a conscience decision to see the good, to find a reason to worship, to look to the Lord in the middle of our circumstances in life. You see, our joy as Christians, as followers of Jesus, is not merely haphazard happiness. It's a firm confidence in the person of Jesus. Choose joy. That's worth celebrating, friends. That's worth giving our lives to. We can take it from the man who's writing from prison, remember? Choose joy. It'll change your life and your outlook on what's happening. Choose joy joy. He, he moves on, he says, let your gentleness be evident to all. So, so what he's saying there as this exhortation goes, as the world would look on, as onlookers would see the church there in Philippi doing life, they should see gentleness. They should see a, a gracious interaction between the people, even with those, with those they disagree and friends, we're not going to camp out here because I want to get on down a little bit. But I do want to say, like, this was important for the Apostle Paul. Like, in the closing, uh, headed to the finish line exhortation, he says, let your gentleness be known. How we relate to one another matters. And friends, as a pastor, like, I think about that and pray about that a lot because how can we go tell the world of Jesus if it's not true for us? If it doesn't change how we interact and relate to one another. Let your gentleness be evident to all. And he says this four words. He says the Lord is near. Uh, if you've ever watched Gunsmoke and seen like a, a swinging door in the old western saloons, right? Like that's kind of what this, this phrase is doing in this passage. Uh, if you've never seen a, a swinging door, we have some back here in the kitchen I can show you. Uh, after service. Uh, but this is serving as a swinging door in the passage, if you will. It swings back to give urgency and to shed light on what Paul's just said about, about the urgency uh, of serving and, and um, uh, rejoicing, and yes, gentleness, and also it opens us up to the next truth, the next teaching that he leads in verse 6. So the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Like Paul pulled this straight from Jesus' playbook, right? Don't be anxious about anything. See, Jesus, it was so important for him, it was so important in his teaching, he lines it up with the other key tenets of living out the kingdom of God, essentially saying that it's incompatible with living the Jesus life. And Paul picks it up here in his final words, and he mentions it explicitly for them to remember. And, and I wonder today, friends, like, do you and I, do we consider a, a worry and anxiety a matter of spiritual priority and health? Like, do we take this teaching seriously? Do not worry. Do not be anxious about anything. Anything? <laughs> Come on, right? If you were to 
do just a quick Google search, uh, you can find varying studies about this, about worry. And the numbers range from 20 to 30% of people that deal with worry. My anecdotal experience says it's pretty much the same in the church, if not uh, more. Uh, but it, it, does it really seem like we take it that seriously? If 20 or 30% of us are dealing with it. I mean, let, let's, let's phrase this question a different way. Uh, if 30 out of 100 people, uh, if 30 of us in the room today were lying and stealing and cheating on a daily basis, like that would be a problem, right? We would want to address that. Or if 20 of us were murderers, that's a little concerning, right? And frightening, I'm just saying. But, but if 30 people today, if 30 of us are dealing with worry, do we get the same sense of needing decisive action? Do we take it as seriously as Jesus and Paul have presented it? Do not worry. I mean, worry seems like a, a part of life, right? Now, look, there, there is healthy worry, okay? There's the safety feature type worry. Um, parking lots, like, uh, we're, we're, I'm worried that Eliza at three and a half might get hit by a car. So when we get her out of the car seat, we say, all right, Eliza, we're in a parking lot. We grab her hand, and we go together through the parking lot. Like, there's healthy, uh, life-preserving worry. If you're working at a high level, you're working on the roof or uh, in a tall building, a good, healthy worry is to put on a safety harness, that's good common sense, but that's not the worry that's the issue in Scripture. God gave us that to keep us alive. <laughs> Some of us have tested that more than others, right? But you see, there's a different kind of worry. The worry that Jesus and Paul are warning us about, uh, it's that relentless internalizing. You know, that constant replaying, that constant obsessing over what if that constant replay of those conversations that you wish you could have or how you're going to really tell that one person, right? It's that internalizing that over and over and over. It's thinking about uh, 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 the worst-case scenario. Pessimists in the room, I got you. <laughs> Everything's worst case. And it happens all the time in our lives happens all the time. I, I, I found a video this week that it hits close to home, but it's so funny it's easy to miss because you see worry shows up about so many things. We look in, we hold that knot, and it's a part of our lives. Don't worry. Let's watch this clip. How was work? Nothing unusual. Email was down again. And uh, Bill called me into his office again. What's wrong? Nothing really. He just thinks he can come down and fit in with these blue collar guys. You know, he's white collar. And he's in or you've done something wrong again. And you're getting in trouble. And you'll get demoted. Then you'll stop shaving. There goes my vacation. Maybe you'll even get fired. And then you'll do that lazy thing and I'll have to go back to work. And there goes the house. We had plans for this house. We'll be living out of our car or out on the street, and eventually we'll be forced to move in with your mother. How was your day, Kim? Well, Dana's having a party.
party Friday night, and I thought I could go. But before you freak out, it's not going to be that big of a deal. I mean, y'all guys know me. You're a great kid, but there's no stopping the peer pressure. It just takes one sip, and you're hooked. And then there's the smoking and the piercing and the tattoos and the boys. Even good boys don't have good intentions, never mind the bad boys. Oh, and you'll go straight for one of the bad boys, and they'll introduce you to all the bad things, and you'll get pregnant and drop out of school, and we'll never see you again. What about you, Mom? I've been considering taking up string art. No. Des has been doing some really wonderful things with it. You can do anything with string. Did you know you can make refrigerator magnets? Everyone knows string art is a gateway craft. You'll start knitting and making me hats, and scarves, and sweaters, and making me wear those sweaters. And you'll stop dyeing your hair, and get those grandma glasses, and you'll want a cat, which will kill my allergies and probably lead to more cats. And you'll want to make things, and bring it to my class, and embarrass me in front of all of my friends. Stop shaving and we'll move into your mother's. But we do this. We do this. And it's not about knitting. <laughs> it's not about knitting. What are the things in your life? What are the things in your life that, that worry you about? That... that that you, you internalize, that you replay and worry and constantly think about and churn over and over? What are the things that keep you up at night or keep you up in the morning? Like what are those things for you? Maybe, I mean, money, right? Like that's always a, a high worry item. Whether it's about not having enough or how we manage what we do have, like money seems to boil to the surface a lot. Health concerns, appointments coming up, health of a loved one. What do you worry about? Maybe, maybe life and death is a worry for you. Maybe we worry about the future, school, am I going to graduate? What college am I going to go to? What job am I going to find? Will I ever find Mr. and Mrs. Wright? What do we worry about? I know for so many times when preparing for a message and stuff like this throughout the week, like you, I find opportunities to, to try it on for size, and this week was no different. Um, what do you worry about? Like I, I, on Wednesday, I, I got a phone call and an invitation to be a part of a funeral that was happening yesterday, and so there's just a lot of things happening in there, and we're here today, and it's Father's Day preaching and all the stuff, and uh, I've got a five-page paper due. Worry. Like, good night. How are we going to pull this off? Like, that shows up for me a lot. And I, I know you, I'm not alone in work struggles, right? <laughs> but worry. And what I, I constantly have to think about, and it seems like it, it comes up a lot for me, is thinking about Eliza's future, our daughter. Like, it's easy for me to start to worry about the world she's going to live in. 
I see the news too. What kind of world is she going to live in? Hey, I mean, she's the way her birthday rolls, she's going to be one of the first ones in her class to get her driver's license. And I don't know about you, but I remember that was not a good thing. I know what those kids are doing. Right? Worry. <laughs> Worry. What is it for you? What is it for you? And you see, worry, as we start to worry about whether it's our finances or our kids, like it starts to affect other areas of our lives, doesn't it? Worry shows up with symptoms. Shows up with knots in the stomach, ulcers, <laughs> lost appetite, lost sleep, or you wake up too early. Your mind's going 120 miles an hour at 2 a.m. You just cannot stop. Anybody ever get irritated when they start to worry? (laughs) Yeah. One study uh, indicated recently that fear and stress, or the combination of those two, you could just put parentheses, worry. One study indicated that worry, fear, stress uh, accounted for more than three-quarters, so 75%, three-quarters of the appointments general practitioners see in a typical week. In the same study, secular psychologists uh, studying years of data concluded that of all the human emotions, fear has the greatest impact on how we feel about our lives. Worry. You see, worry is a real thing. It is a real struggle. And friends, it's not compatible with living the Jesus life. You see, for all the reasons, right, like our worries justified in our own mind, isn't it? Like we see what's out there. We know what we're worrying about. and We've got some good reasons for it. Let Let me give you a list. But we cannot, we cannot turn away from the plain teaching of Jesus and the Apostle Paul saying, do not be anxious about anything. Anything? And I can almost imagine, like, follow-up questions. Well, that's great. How on earth do I do that? How on earth do I do that? Man, I get it. (laughs) Worry is a real thing. It's a real battle. But, friends, it's one worth fighting. It's worth fighting. The one mistake we can make, the one error where we're going to go wrong is to stop fighting it, to let it exist unchecked and unaddressed. Friends, uh, the scriptures, uh, our community, our brothers and sisters in the Lord, uh, pastors, our doctors, our counselors are waiting to engage with you in the fight against worry because it's robbing you of your Jesus life. Don't stop fighting. Wage the war on worry in your life and find freedom. And find freedom. One of the good things about the scriptures is that Jesus and Paul, for those of us who deal with worry, they immediately start to give us the tools and the weapons to wage this war. Let's dive in. So the question is going to be, they're giving us the tools, will we take them up? Like that's the question, right? Let's dive in. Let's see how they tell us to engage this fight against worry. Let's start with Jesus. So Jesus has unpacked this clear teaching, do not worry. Do not worry about the things of your life. And he says, but, turning it around, he says, but seek first 
God's kingdom and his righteousness and these things will be given to you as well. So for Jesus, the answer to worry is to look up. Look up. Look into the eyes and the arms of the heavenly father. Because worry so much is looking inward about what we can do and and what's happening in our lives and how we're going to figure it out. And Jesus' invitation is seek first the kingdom. Seek first the face of the Lord. He is the one of infinite strength and power. Seek him first. And so you see this invitation to shift our focus from what we can do and what we're processing to bring it into relationship with the Lord. And that's exactly what Paul says. Look at what he says. He says, do not be anxious about anything. Okay, fine. How do I do that? In every situation. In every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So in every situation, every time we're tempted to worry, we're tempted to fall into that trap, bring it before the Lord. Tell Him what is on our hearts, what's on our minds, what's burdening us. Leave it before Him. And again, you're seeing a shift of focus. You're seeing an invitation to look up. Take your eyes off of what you can do and what you're going to do and look to the Lord. Look up. Look up. With a grateful heart, we can bring those needs before the Lord. And friends, that's the Jesus life, right? That he invites us to bring all of our human experience, yes, our worries, yes, the things that are troubling us, bring that before him in relationship, in prayer. He is the one of infinite strength. He can handle your worries. He is trustworthy. Every situation. What would that look like for you? What's every situation look like? Because I know that's full color in your life right now. Bring that before the Lord. Bring that before. at what happens next look where Paul goes so don't be anxious about anything bring all of who you are all of your experience comes into relationship with Jesus bringing your needs before him and the peace of God peace (laughs) worry is as far away from peace as about you can get right but he says look the peace of God which transcends, it goes beyond all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Did did you follow that sequence? Take your worries to God in prayer. You're asking Him for what you need. You're telling Him what's, what's on your heart and what's on your mind, and He brings you peace. What a great exchange. To bring the torment and the angst before him and leave it before him and to receive the peace that can only come from his presence and he's he's using literal uh, military imagery when he says peace will guard your heart i mean just think about god's peace is there in a helmet with a shield and a spear guarding your heart against anxiety and worry what an exchange an exchange bring your worries before the Lord and receive his 
peace. As Paul continues, we begin to see that this war is also waged on two different fronts. As he has called us to bring our worries before the Lord, he's also calling us to focus our minds on specific things. As the band makes their way up, listen to how the Apostle Paul closes this section. So we've brought our worries to the Lord. We're entering into that relationship with him and leaving it all before the throne, receiving his peace. And he says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Don't worry. Think about positive things. Think about good things. I don't know about you, but I'm going to need a minute with this, right? Because how much easier is it to focus on the negative things? I mean, our phone will bring a news feed full of it if you want it. We focus on what's wrong, what's broken, what's hurting. And Paul's saying, no, 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 look, if, if we want to win this war on worry, we've got to focus our minds on good things, on what God is doing great, how grace is moving, the good blessings in our lives. Focus on those things. Bring your worries before the Lord. Ask him for what you need. Tell him what's tormenting your heart. And friends, I, I get it. That might take 18 times today and 24 times tomorrow and 38 times on Tuesday. But there's an invitation here that rather than internalizing and, and holding our worry and allowing it to knot our stomach and cause us ulcers and health issues, to bring it before the Lord every single to shift our focus to good things. And we receive his peace. Like if it wasn't the word of God, it would sound like an infomercial for $19.99, right? Trade your worries for peace, $19.99. Free shipping and handling. But this is the word of God. This is the invitation of relationship. So friend, I, I urge you, I beg you, don't leave here today crippled by worry. Take God at his word. What do you have to lose? What do you have to lose? You're already losing sleep. <laughs> Why don't you try losing your worry? And I, I, I'm not making light of worry today. Because it is real and it's painful. It's a battle. Will you bring it before the Lord? Our response today is just to, to make time to do this. <laughs> to bring our worries, to bring what's tormenting us, what's driving us nuts, the unknowns and the uncertainties. It's just to bring it before the Lord now. <laughs> this is a later thing, but we want to start now, you see. And to begin focusing on our minds on good things. What's right? What's wholesome? pure focus on those things we're just going to allow the front row of chairs to serve as an altar today don't leave gripped by worry don't leave God is calling you is inviting you in relationship to bring those needs before him 
You talk about a thankful heart. Like we have a God, a, a Father in heaven who loves us and doesn't wait for us to have it all together before we can come to him. I'd never get there if I had to wait till I got it all together. But there's an invitation to come with a grateful heart and tell him what we need. Will you do that this morning and find freedom in Christ? Lord, we thank you today for the, the truth of your word. Lord, this truth has stood for thousands of years, and it'll stand for thousands more. But Lord, we thank you that you've given us an opportunity this Father's Day in 2023 to take you at your word. So Lord, we want to bring our worries to you. Lord, those things we've been obsessing over, internalizing, that are gripping our hearts and, and, and robbing us of the joy you intend for life with you. Lord, we're going to bring that to you today. And Lord, we understand that might take 25 times tomorrow, but we know that you will be there. You are faithful. And yes, Lord, we hear the call, our responsibility to focus on good things, Lord. And Lord, there's no shortage of good things we can look at. A, a hummingbird buzzing around a feeder, going crazy, Lord. A sunrise, a sunset. Lord, relationships that are going well, love, peace, joy. Help us to focus on those things, Lord, as we leave you our worries. Let your peace, Father, guard our hearts amidst the difficulties of life. We thank you today, Lord, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Uh, I invite you to respond however the Holy Spirit will lead you. Just don't leave grip by worry. Don't miss this opportunity. Thank you so much for listening today. You can email us at info at cotnaz.org for any questions about our church. When you're done listening today, please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes.